If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. From a fourth grader who survived the elementary school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, and from parents who lost their 10 year old daughter. Their gut wrenching testimony, all in hopes of getting Congress to pass gun reform. A mother's heartbreak and warning. Somewhere out there, there's a mom listening to our testimony, thinking, I can't even imagine their pain, not knowing that our reality will one day be hers. Unless we act now. Tonight, we also hear from a Texas pediatrician who treated the children. A CBS News investigation. How gun manufacturers are marketing assault-style weapons for young people. Breaking news. A military Osprey 22 like this one crashes in California. The fast-moving developments. Also, the threat to assassinate a Supreme Court justice, a man arrested near Brett Kavanaugh's home in the middle of the night, the disturbing motive revealed. Simone Biles and dozens of top Olympic gymnasts take on the FBI for $1 billion, accusing agents of letting Dr. Larry Nasser continue his abuse. Exclusive new audio on the day before the blockbuster January 6th hearing, the never-before-heard audio of the House Republican leader describing how he begged Donald Trump to stop the attack. Triple-digit temperatures expected from California to Texas. And could there be a new COVID vaccine on the way specifically for the Omicron variant? This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night. We're coming on the air with that breaking news. A military Osprey aircraft has crashed in California with reports of five service members on board. We are gathering those late breaking details right now, so stay tuned. But we are going to begin tonight right here in the nation's capital, where the House of Representatives is voting now on a package of gun control measures that would tighten the nation's gun laws in response to the recent mass shootings. Now, Democrats want to put Republicans on record with these eight measures, everything from raising the purchasing age for semi-automatic weapons to limiting magazine sizes. And even though those measures are expected to pass in the democratically controlled House, those measures won't make it through the Senate. Instead there, a bipartisan group is working on a narrow bill, which critics say won't change much. So the lead up to these votes was heartbreaking testimony from a fourth grade survivor and from parents of a 10-year-old who was killed in Uvalde. CBS's Nicole Killian is going to start us off from Capitol Hill. Good evening, Nicole. This was some of the toughest testimony I've ever heard. 
Yeah, very difficult day indeed, Nora. And as the debate over how to combat gun violence intensifies here on Capitol Hill, many lawmakers were forced to confront the human toll that it's taking by listening to a young girl who had the courage and instinct to save her own life. This was the moment fourth grader Mia Cerillo relived the nightmare of a gunman entering her classroom at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Shot my teacher and told my teacher goodnight and shot her in the head. And then he shot some of my classmates and the whiteboard. When I went to the backs, uh, he shot my friend that was next to me. She feared she would be next. I thought he was going to come back to the room. So I grabbed the blood and, and put it all over me. What did you do then when you put the blood on yourself? Just stay quiet. And then I got my teacher's phone and called 911. And what did you tell 911? I told her that we need help. Terror and trauma ingrained in her psyche. Do you feel safe at school? Why not? Because I don't want it to happen again. It was hard to find a dry eye as Mia's father watched his daughter's recorded testimony. I come because I could have lost my baby girl. She's not the same little girl that I used to play with, hang around with. I wish something will change. The parents of 10-year-old Lexi Rubio recalled the last time they saw their daughter, promising her ice cream after she won a Good Citizen Award. I left my daughter at that school, and that decision will haunt me for the rest of my life. Dr. Roy Guerrero is Uvalde's only pediatrician who described in graphic detail how he treated some of the victims. Two children whose bodies have been pulverized by bullets fired at them, decapitated, whose flesh had been ripped apart, that the only clue at their identities was a blood-splattered cartoon clothes still clinging to them, clinging for life and finding none. Tonight, the House is voting on a package of gun restrictions that include raising the purchasing age to 21 for semi-automatic weapons and banning high-capacity magazines, but most Republicans oppose it, calling it reactionary and unconstitutional. Nora? Nicole Killian with all that testimony today. Thank you. While the weapon of choice for both the Uvalde and Buffalo mass shootings were an AR-15 style rifle, according to a leading gun industry group, there are approximately 20 million of these weapons in circulation in the U.S. And tonight in a CBS News investigation, we take a look at how gun makers are marketing these assault style weapons for young people. Here's CBS's Katherine Herridge. So what we have here is a scaled-down AR-15 and polymer. The JR-15 from We One Tactical is marketed for the youngest customers. So it fits the kids really well. After mass shootings in Buffalo and Uvalde, Texas, the company removed this image from its website that touted the JR-15 as smaller, safer, and lighter. Has the marketing become more brazen? It certainly has become more brazen. Ryan Bussey, former firearms executive turned advocate for gun reform, told CBS News the push to reach children and their parents ramped up in the early 2000s. The industry felt a desire to grow. Get the young shooters shooting a particular platform, AR-15, early, and then they will buy several of them through their lifetime. The data shows six of the country's deadliest mass shootings in the last four years were committed by men 21 or younger. 
As part of a recent settlement with families of nine Sandy Hook victims shot dead by a 20-year-old, lawyer Josh Koskoff reviewed the gunmaker's internal records. The gun industry know exactly what's going on. The parent has no say. They're reaching around the parent and getting to the kid. Some states, including Connecticut, opened the courthouse doors to allow marketing lawsuits against manufacturers. California's governor wants this legal option available in his state. You've got folks out there manufacturing and marketing an AR-15 for babies. Firearms are marketed to those who can lawfully purchase them, the industry trade group told CBS News in a statement, adding, parents should have the ability to safely and responsibly teach their children what a responsible firearm owner looks like. Working with Uvalde families, Koskoff is exploring legal options against Daniel Defense that made a gun allegedly used in the shooting. The company posted this tweet before the attack. That company had been courting that shooter for years. The two gun makers featured in our report, Daniel Defense and We Want Tactical, did not respond to multiple requests for comment. Nora. Catherine Harridge, thank you so much for that investigation. Well, let's turn now to that breaking news out of Southern California where a Marine Osprey aircraft has crashed and there are reports of fatalities. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti joins us now from Los Angeles with the very latest. Hi there, Jonathan. Uh, hi, Nora. Good evening to you. Details are still coming in at this hour. According to police reports, the Osprey carried a crew of five. It is not yet known if any of them survived. The military aircraft crashed in a very remote area more than 200 miles southeast of Los Angeles near the Arizona border. The plane, an MV-22 Osprey, can hold at least two dozen personnel. What makes this aircraft unique is it does vertical takeoffs and landings. But over the past 30 years, it's also had numerous accidents and questions about its safety record. The last crash was March of this year when four Marines were killed. The cause of that one is still under investigation. In today's crash, the Navy says it's still investigating and could release more information shortly. The Marine Corps Air Station in Yuma, Arizona is one of the closest military sites. They have responded to the crash, according to radio traffic in the area. Nora. All right, Jonathan Vigliotti with those late breaking details. Thank you. Also tonight, there is growing concern about the safety and security of Supreme Court justices as they get ready to possibly overturn Roe versus Wade. A 26-year-old California man has been charged with attempting to kidnap or murder Justice Brett Kavanaugh after being arrested near his house in the middle of the night. We get the latest now from CBS's Scott McFarlane. The FBI says Nicholas Roski traveled across the country from California before appearing just after 1 a.m. outside the suburban D.C. home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh with a backpack carrying a knife, a Glock, ammunition, pepper spray, and zip ties. According to an affidavit, the 26-year-old admitted he bought the gun with the intention of breaking into the justice's home and killing him. But local police tell CBS News Roski called 911 on himself. Court filings from prosecutors say Roski was upset about the leaking of that draft opinion indicating the court is poised to overturn abortion rights and was concerned Kavanaugh would rule to loosen gun laws. You don't care, die. His arrest comes amid fears about the safety of the justices. There have been several recent peaceful protests outside the justices' homes. The attorney general just recently ordered beefed-up protection at justices' homes. Threats of violence and actual violence against the justices, of course, strike at the heart of our democracy. And we will do everything we can to prevent them and to hold people who do them accountable. The FBI affidavit says Roski found Kavanaugh's address on the Internet. 
Judge Esther Salas, whose son was murdered two years ago at her home, is urging Congress to pass a bill to bolster security for judges and their families. To our members of Congress, this is a life or death decision that they have to make. And for them to act now in a bipartisan way to ensure that no other judicial officer ever loses his or her life. The Supreme Court erected this eight-foot metal fence after that draft abortion rights opinion leaked. As for Nicholas Roski, he's back in court later this month, facing a maximum 20 years in prison if convicted. Nora? Scary details. Scott McFarland, thank you. Well, tonight, former Olympic gymnasts, including gold medalist Simone Biles, are among dozens of sexual abuse victims seeking $1 billion from the FBI. They're claiming that the agency moved too slowly to stop disgraced sports doctor Larry Nassar from abusing them. CBS's Jeff Begays has all the new details. Maggie Nichols was among the first to have the courage to come forward in 2015. Today, she's still frustrated. The FBI agents were hiding all the information and um, that I and other gymnasts gave them. The claim seeks $1 billion. It's based on the FBI's mishandling of credible complaints of sexual assaults by Nasser. Nasser's survivors include USA Gymnastics stars. I blame Larry Nasser, and I also blame an entire system that enabled and perpetrated his abuse. A Justice Department report concluded the USA Gymnastics first approached the FBI about Nasser in July of 2015 and again in May of 2016. Inaction by the FBI during that period allowed Nasser to go unchecked, victimizing about 70 young female athletes before his arrest. The internal investigation found that senior officials failed to respond with the utmost seriousness and urgency. Christopher Ray, who was not the FBI director at the time, has repeatedly apologized. I'm especially sorry that there were people at the FBI who had their own chance to stop this monster back in 2015 and failed. John Manley is Maggie Nichols' attorney. These men did nothing, and they allowed dozens of little girls to be brutally molested by one of those predatory doctors in American history. NASA survivors, they say the FBI agents involved, they got off easy. One of the agents was fired. Another was allowed to retire. And just last month, the Justice Department decided against criminally charging them. Nasser, he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life. Yep, this star story is not over. Jeff Begays, thank you. Well, we have exclusive new audio tonight of House Leader Kevin McCarthy recorded just days after the January 6th attack on the Capitol. And it comes the day before the highly anticipated public hearings of the committee investigating the insurrection. And as CBS's Robert Costa reports, they are promising explosive new evidence. Thursday's primetime hearing will take Americans back to January 6th when an estimated 2,000 rioters breached the Capitol building, causing the deaths of five police officers. Will this committee break through? I certainly think so. I think that this, the depth, the breadth, the severity of this attempt to undermine our government, I think that um, it, it will break through. Republicans, including House Leader Kevin McCarthy, have been sharply critical of the panel, calling it overtly partisan. Look, at the committee um, is not a legitimate committee. But an exclusive audio obtained by CBS News from the authors of This Will Not Pass, 
McCarthy, in a private GOP meeting just days after the attack, spoke of the need for accountability. We cannot just sweep this under the rug. We need to know why it happened, who did it, and people need to be held accountable for it. And I'm committed to make sure that happens. Many in the GOP, including McCarthy, have continued to publicly defend former President Trump. We will never give up. Despite his actions that day. Do any of you on stage still have any concerns about how the former president acted that day, January 6, 2021? No. In another audio excerpt released to CBS, McCarthy, who has refused to testify before the committee, can be heard telling his colleagues about a frantic call for help to the president on January 6th. When they started breaking into my office, um, myself and the staff got removed from the office. In doing so, I made a phone call to the president, um, telling him what was going on, asking him to tell these people to stop, to make a video and go out. And I, I was very intense and very loud about it. A McCarthy spokesman tells CBS News tonight that House Republicans are conducting their own investigation of the January 6th attack. Meanwhile, CBS News has learned that highly anticipated video testimony from Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner will likely not be featured at Thursday's hearing, but will be included at another one in the coming weeks. Nora. All right, Robert Costa, thank you so much. And CBS News will have full coverage of the first public hearings from the January 6th committee tomorrow night, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We hope you will join us tomorrow night. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Now to the weather. There's a record heat wave across much of the southwest from California to Texas. Triple-digit temperatures are in the forecast for the rest of the week with places like Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio all topping 100 degrees. It will be even hotter Friday with Phoenix reaching 114. Palm Springs and Las Vegas will be just slightly cooler at 112. All right, Moderna says a new version of its COVID vaccine appears to provide strong protection against the Omicron variant. The company says the new shot provides a higher antibody response that's so strong it could potentially last a year. Moderna hopes its new booster will be available in the late summer. A radio show in Western Massachusetts has become appointment listening, not just for its community outreach, but in part because of the co-hosts providing it. Here's CBS's Janet Shamlian. Daisy Escobar is like most high schoolers by day. From 11 to 3 in the afternoon. But one night a week. She's the voice of connection to a growing immigrant community in the Massachusetts Berkshires. And for those of you who are new to the area. The 17-year-old hosts a bilingual radio show. Her partner at the mic is someone she knows well. Her mom, Marta. Our mission is to keep our... Uh, Immigrant community inform. It's part public service. Where to find free English classes? The rest, pure dance party. Martha used to host solo until a then eight-year-old Daisy asked to join. 
She's been a co-host ever since. What's it like to spend time and have this time with your mom? So this is our moment where we get to connect. We love to dance, and oh, we dance together. We, we, we sing. We laugh. Mundo Latino on station WTBR is a favorite in the region. From law offices He's holding her hand. to the local garage. You work together every week. Who's the boss? <laughs> I, I think we are a good team. A mother and daughter on the same frequency, keeping their community informed. Janet Shemlian, CBS News, Pittsfield, Massachusetts. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, Eye on America, how a new nonprofit is trying to end the cycle of homelessness among young adults. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. Good night. Stephen Colbert here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with my producer, Becca. Becca, what's what's up? So The Late Show Pod Show is everything you love about The Late Show on oh, a I podcast. Want, I want to know about you. Oh. Enough. We, 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 people see everybody in an ad talks about the thing they're trying to sell. Oh. I'd like to know about you, the person behind creating the podcast. Oh, I'm having a really good day. Barry baked some bread and my friend Kara got me some chicken salad. It's a really nice day in the office today. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.